0: Okay, good stuff. So, welcome to the Bring It Coaching podcast. This is episode five, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Dina. How are you doing, Dina?
1: I'm doing well, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm very good. I'm very good. good. Uh, finally, got you on to the uh, the podcast. I know it's been a bit difficult to get you on. Um, I understand that you are a very busy person. Um, you're in the industry of fitness and health, and you know you're, you're doing great things from what it looks like. So. I'm uh, actually excited about this one, and hopefully we can get more of an insight into who you are, your journey, and talk more specifically. Um, I want to talk more about nutrition side of things as well, because that's a very, very you know popular topic around food and uh, specifically carbohydrates and sort of how that sort of impacts performance and everyday lifestyle really. So, um, Dina, before I actually get into the, the main topics and stuff, what I tend to do is ask our guests um you know a fun fact fun interesting fact about yourself if you don't mind sharing so if there's anything that you want to share interesting funny you about yourself now's the time
1: um <clears throat> a funny interesting fact oh I can walk at least 50 meters on my hands on your hands as in upside down on my hands I can just keep walking
0: oh wow okay <laughs> <laughs> No, that's good. I I definitely can't do that. I won't be trying to do that. So um, how fast can you go, though, is the the question. Can you go? Can you move pretty quick?
1: Yeah, I can move pretty fast as well, yeah.
0: Okay, okay. (laughs) Can you run? Can you actually run with your hands?
1: I'm going (laughs) to try.
0: I'll try. (laughs) Yeah, you'd have to get that one up on the Instagram stories for us to see that one. That'd be good. Brilliant, good stuff. So, um, Dina, yeah, I actually got in contact with yourself through uh, a mutual friend and... um, Mm -hmm. He, he actually posted on his own Instagram uh, stories about what you were doing and it, and it definitely sparked an interest um, into getting you on to the podcast and learning more about who you are in your journey. So let's take it back all the way to the beginning. Like, um, how did you get involved? What was your earliest, I, I guess, memory or experience of, uh, you know, sport or, or, or health or, or, or any sort of form of activity for that matter?
1: My earliest memory has got to be actually when I was a child. Play. I've got um, four brothers and one of five, and we were all so active, always in the garden. We were lucky; our garden had a lot of stuff in them, you know. So mm-hmm. we were always climbing, playing, just doing random things. So that's actually my earliest memory of activities.
0: Yeah, yeah. Being a child playing in the back garden yeah. with the siblings. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, good stuff. And, and just, you know, just to give a bit of context, your background now, is it, is it more like gymnastic style sort of stuff or? Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, I, I got into the Loughborough Gymnastics Academy as a young girl. Okay. Um, so I was, I was a gymnast till I was about, only till about 12, mm-hmm. which is a shame really. So I think if I'd continued it, well, I know if I'd continued it, I'd be a lot better now. But sure. the good thing is just from being a gymnast from like the age of, I think it was eight to 12. It's Mm. enabled me to be so mobile, flexible, young, and free now when I'm 30.
0: Right. Right. Okay. Now that's good. And so um, I guess then growing up in, you know, with with so many siblings and all being boys, how did that sort of shape you in the sense of was you, did you have like, was you all competitive with each other? Did you have Mm. have like an edge against each other? How was that like?
1: Yeah. The the eldest, um, the second eldest one actually went in the military when he was older That's how we were all, we all wanted some sort of uniform background. So when it came to running, competing through sports, we just loved it. Like we would, Mm -hmm. we would go running for fun to have races together. Wow. Wow. I call myself lucky in that sense as well, because it meant sports and fitness for me, was
0: always fun. Mm -hmm.
1: Whereas some Mm -hmm. people struggled to want to go do it. Mm
0: -hmm. And do you think that was an... Inf- like, did you have any influence from parents or any like elder, um, other people around you? Like, how did you guys get into it Or
1: We actually got into sports because my mum was the opposite. So she's, she was the kind of person that didn't do anything
0: mm-hmm. other
1: than just sit and watch. But luckily, because of all her health, health problems and the way that she became through not moving properly, mm-hmm. um, she pushed all of her children to be the opposite
0: brilliant yeah
1: it's, it's yeah. thanks to her that we're all extremely fit healthy still to this day all of us are
0: wow yeah it's very good it's very good and yeah. that's similar background to my myself as well mum pushed us to do um, a lot of sports and activities when we were younger all the uh, the summer holidays we would go and do all these like summer skiing play schemes and stuff so that's interesting that's good yeah. okay so talk about more your um actual um your sort of your pathway to to like gymnastics and and were, were there any other sports that you, you took part in that you took seriously or competitive?
1: Yeah. So the sport called CrossFit um, and mm-hmm. I found, I only found that a couple of years ago, but that associated to all of my training that I used to do when I was trying to go into the military. I loved it because it's very similar. And then also with the gymnastics, it was like perfect for me because it's actually got a mixture of all of it into that one sport. But mm-hmm. it's not just based on the gymnastics side. So I loved it. So I actually then went on to become a qualified uh, CrossFit coach, level one in child, children and the adults. I ended up doing both. Wow. So I just loved it. And it's, and it's yeah. also a sport, which I like. So it mm-hmm. works for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. oh well, that's really interesting. So you, you, you did the gymnastics for a bit. Why did you actually start then, if you don't mind me asking? What, what made you... Um, I got
1: to the age of just doing so much. I, I, I was about to, like say, 12, 13. There was, all my friends were starting to play out. Just typical teenage stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. And also, I was never good enough to make something from being a gymnast, which I always knew, and that wasn't my goal. So I mm-hmm. do believe if, you, if you're going to make, not you make your child, sorry, but if you're going to encourage your child to, be, to do sports, either let it be fun or if you want it to be their background in their future, then they have to dedicate a lot to it. Mm. And that's not something I wanted to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a sort of a fine line because I actually went to school with um, <clears throat> some um, actual professional footballers oh, and nice. just looking, reflecting on and looking at the back, you know, from, from, a, from a background, looking at their lifestyle the amount of time and dedication they put into it, it was some serious stuff. Was some serious stuff and and i think yeah. as a parent you have to definitely um you have to be in it themselves and dedicate yeah. not only their own time you know by helping the child get through it but yeah you're right it's, it does take up a lot of time and energy for it yeah. do you think um do you think so go ahead
1: no no come on come on
0: oh do you think um it's sort of mis- misconception is there like a sort of misconception around it like do you think parents just Loosely put their children into sports, and then hoping the best—you know—that that they're actually going to make something of it. Do they sort of lack the actual time and energy and effort and knowledge that goes into it?
1: Yeah, like working with children myself now, I have a mixture of different kind of parents. You know, all different characters, all different wants, beliefs, etc. And I do find you've got some parents out there that generally think their kids just going to blow up and it's going to work. They have and it. Like you say, it's, that's not reality. It really mm. doesn't work like that. Not only do they have to be in it as much as the child, they need to understand all of it. They need to understand how the child's actually feeling whilst they're doing all of these sports. Mm. Because if they're not, as you guys going to go on to talk about nutritionally, nutrition, if they're not nutritionally eating correct either, or having a, a very balanced but correct lifestyle, that child's going to suffer, not actually have enjoyment from it. So I think as a parent, you really need to understand and know that before trying to push your child to do something. Mm-hmm. Which again, like I say, though I've got a mixture of parents, and they all, everyone's different. But I have got a couple that do. They they are like they'll text me like, "Why is my child not that next?" And I'm like, "Because well, it's only been a, it's only been an hour." <laughs> You're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> but that, yeah, roundabouts.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you get a lot of eager parents trying to really push for their yeah. success. Do you think they're actually living? they're trying to push their own like you know experience onto the child like maybe they didn't make it to a standard and now they're trying to do you think that there is yeah. that there as well because I know I know from doing football coaching uh, in, in my previous years earlier earlier years I did find that with some parents and even just growing up playing mm-hmm. football as well do you find that within your sort of setup
1: <clears throat> yeah I do but it's funny actually because I've actually got a couple of the ex-footballers children. Mm. So I've got an ex-Leicester City player, and what I love about how he's approached his child in sport is as a young girl from, from the age of two years old, that little girl was in sport, she's now an eight or nine, but they've allowed her to pick where she's going, and what she's doing, they're very free with it, like she can have two, three weeks off at a time because the, the, she just wants a bit of break, wow. it's, they've not pushed it and like, made it a thing for her. And if you look at now her enjoyment with this with all these different sports that she does, she loves it and she wants mm. to do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's like you say it's experience, isn't it? He knows sure. how to deliver that back to her, his child, because he's done it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's gone through the rankings and 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 yeah. sort of reached the pinnacle of his um, professional playing field. Okay, mm-hmm. sounds good. <clears throat> so let's um, so let's talk about the actual, you know, you, you say you work with children. So what made you get into that then? Working with the children.
1: I'd always, I've always worked with children. I've just mm. always enjoyed it. Um, so before becoming a personal trainer and like a coach, I was actually a prison officer, and then before oh, wow. that, the youth offending service, which got me into the prison service. Um, so I've always worked with. I've always wanted to work with children, and then I had like a gap, like a couple of years gaps, where I went to Southeast Asia and then worked with children, and I'd. I loved it. And that was the making. That's when I thought, right, I'm going to go back to the UK. I had no choice, the pandemic kids, but I'm going to go back and not go back into the jail and work with those kind of children and adults. Just because I'd done that, I, I didn't want to do it again. I wanted to go back instead and go in the sports industry and work with children. And that's just, that's how I got in. I just, that's how, that's why I'm here doing it now. Brilliant, sorry.
0: brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> say that again, sorry.
1: I said,
0: I am brilliant. No, that's great. To- that's interesting. So you actually worked in the prison Let's let's talk more about that. Then how did you come about doing that? Well, like I said, growing up I wanted to be.
1: I wanted, to be, I wanted to be a soldier. That's what I used to say. That when mm. my dad used to be like, you know, what are you going to do? I'm going to be a soldier. He was like, you can't. You're my only daughter. Why do you want to be a soldier? <laughs> <laughs> but I just really wanted, I just loved it. I loved being out on the field doing stuff. I don't, yeah. But um, I actually didn't get in the military just for, I've got um hearing impediment in both ears. So I have to wear, I'm supposed to wear two hearing aids. Um, but I've managed to over time get used to it. I can, tone myself down when I can hear myself being loud, I can understand that I need to look at people and concentrate to understand them. So, you know, you learn to adapt, but rather than wearing them, I don't, but it just meant I couldn't get in the army. And I did actually try for the police at the same time as trying to be prison, but I just kept failing the assessments and stuff like that. It's so hard. So yeah, but I was going to the prison service, so that was was quite cool. (laughs)
0: Nice. And how long was you in there then for?
1: Um, I was in four years. Wow.
0: And yeah. what, did you take, what did you take from that? What did you learn from that?
1: <laughs> well, I, the main thing I learned, which I will take with me forever and I pass to my kids, is the things that you actually see on the movies and the TV, it's real. There are real humans out there that legit will do those crimes on the streets. Mm. from burglary to the worst kind of rape sexual assault crimes to ever, to the worst kind of murders that it, it, it does exist
0: mm-hmm.
1: it really does so you just wow. have to be so
0: careful yeah yeah I mean that that can really I guess that can really impact you <clears throat> from a mentor's perspective like how do you mm, deal yeah. with all that with like trying to trying to stay strong yourself and, and keep your own sort of um you know, keep staying in, in in a place like that. How how would you do that? You have to be like emotionally strong, right?
1: It's talking, and I'm. You have to tell people, and the people that you trust, which is hard, but you mm. just have to find that. You have to talk to people about how you feel and what, like from a situation that's just happened, what you what you've taken from that. Because the first thing I did, because I went in quite young, I went, I went in at 22, which I believe now no one should go in at 25 below. That's just my opinion. Because I, didn't, I also joined with my best friend and she's still my best friend to this day, which was beautiful. But our journeys were so different. She only lasted three months and her mental health deteriorated in those quite bad because she didn't talk, didn't express what she was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you just have to talk. You have to, you have to tell people what you think and feel and not be embarrassed about, about doing that either. Sure. Yeah. Sure.
0: Oh, no, it sounds like it, it sounds like an experience.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was great. Um, yeah. I, I loved it. I really did love it. But I wouldn't let yeah. my daughter do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK,
0: so you got to a point where then you, you left for uh, you went abroad. Yeah. To do to do what? What did you do there? Sorry. To
1: teach English language. Okay. So I did okay. my Selta, which is like this online teaching course that anyone can actually do. Anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I jumped on that did that and then got myself out there but all I was right. looking again I've always been looking in life um, my another one of my best friends she was out already out there so wow. I already had a connection so I was like I'm coming in yeah well.
0: yeah yeah brilliant yeah I mean it always helps having the contacts and the people that you know it isn't it? Goes. it goes a long way okay so you went out there to teach and that I get was that children you mentioned or was it adults or all children, all children. they did
1: in a secondary school at one point, because I was good with the kids, so I could communicate. But in terms of actually teaching them the English language to the to what they needed, I wasn't good enough. So mm-hmm. I stayed in the nurseries. So um, they don't call it nursery like they do in the UK; it's kindergarten. Kindergarten, so was,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I loved. All
0: right, I so really, young young children.
1: And I, I wasn't. I'm not. A, I'm not an English teacher. I'm not trying to be one but you can go out and you can teach people what you know enough of and sure. then really benefit from it
0: okay and what was the culture there for like health fitness was it a priority out there or compared to the actually it
1: is, yeah but you know it was i spent the, the majority of the time was vietnam and yeah they oh i learned so much over there compared to here like they're just little things from their fruit guidelines are so different to ours in the uk yeah. So the Western dietary requirements for fruits, which we copy America, is five pieces of fruit a day. Whereas in Southeast Asia, it's a minimum of eight. Mm. And I just, I love that. And like their carbohydrates, for example, they have a whole list of what they can pick from. It's not unusual to be sitting there in the morning and have like three or four mixtures of these things in front of you, just all sitting together, like I'm sitting now, just cross-legged, and just all eating. And I, I, I just loved it. I learned a lot in two years.
0: Wow, wow! It's yeah, just, it sounds like there's a lot more of a, a traditional um, community mm. sort of mm. get together feel.
1: Yeah, they've you not just, lost it.
0: Yeah, which I think is yeah, which I was about to say. It seems like it's been lost here in the in the Western. Mm. Okay, it's good. So okay, so you, you was there for how long? Sorry, was you in, in two years, just over two
1: years, three more two months. Year.
0: Okay, yeah. so then you decide to come back and start.
1: Well, no, I, to be fair, I actually didn't. I, I had no plans to come back to this country, if I'm being honest. Oh wow! Oh,
0: wow. To the
1: point where I've still got two massive suitcases full of stuff still there. That I'm like, I need to get back. <laughs> <laughs> I had a whole life there. I didn't plan to come back. I was 28, oh. 29. I didn't want to come oh, back.
0: Okay. The, the co. Okay, pandemic forced you. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. Southeast Asia in the December. It didn't hit the UK until the March, the following year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was ringing my family in December, like, oh, that, something really weird is happening. And then in the January, the whole of Vietnam went into lockdown three months before you guys even knew about half of it. Well, not right. knew about it, but three months before it touched the UK with the sure. effect and, mm-hmm. and um, my, again, my best friend, the girl I was in the prison service with, she was due to be married by the d- September, but in Cyprus. And I remember calling her and her husband in the January, like you guys are not getting married, you know, the world's going under. And I'm coming home. And they were like, what? And then I ended up going home two months later. Because uh, it was crazy. Like, the whole of Southeast Asia was just called complete lockdown. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I it was mean, quite scary. Yeah, no, yeah. Hit everybody didn't it unexpectedly. Yeah. So so you came back. Um, what did you sort of do from there? Like, how did you, you know? And I know you mentioned you, you sort of decided to get into the sport and uh, set your own, you know, set up your own your own place and stuff. But was there a period when you came back? He's like, okay, like what now? Sort of like, did you have time to like think and have much time to sort of go off on this on this journey on the next chapter?
1: Luckily, because I am that I am that person that just planned for the future. I am a bit like, oh, what's next? So while I was in Vietnam, luckily I'd already done my CrossFit level one. I'd flown. To- South Korea which I loved <laughs> and oh, I did my level adults there not the children but the children back in the UK but so I'd already started planning on like having two jobs in the Vietnam in Vietnam by teaching the English language and then going into the CrossFit box teaching CrossFit yeah. so I was already planning all these things so yeah. on the flight on the way home I remember saying to my best friend so I, we were both quite down it was actually one of the scariest i would felt for a long time because it was more like Okay, right, I'm going back to the UK at 29 years old with nothing. Like, what mm. on earth am I going to do? And I remember just looking at Shanice, saying, I'm going to be a PT. I'm going to go back and I'm going to smash it. And that's, and that's honestly what I said, and I've done it. Wow. So I just believe. Anyway, if you feel it, and I felt it, so I'm just going to do it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. So you had the initial belief, yeah? Where do you think that comes from yeah. for you, then, was- having that belief? Where do you think that having that belief and that mindset to do something where does it come from for you like how my, do you my,
1: family, my brothers mm. every my two older brothers and my dad and my mum to a certain extent sorry mum <laughs> they all stay and do what they're going to do
0: Brilliant. they all
1: believe in themselves they all do it and my dad came to this country at like 17 18 years old again with nothing fresh from Iraq in the war could barely speak English didn't have much money in the back of his pocket and he killed it he opened up his own taxi company, Learned, learned well, obviously, learned, did everything along the way, he got himself into for College as well, wow. did everything along the way, opened up, created a family. And I remember just thinking like, well, if he can do it, and then my brothers followed in his footsteps, he's opened his own business, created a family and killed it. Then my next brother went in the army, became a great soldier, became a land corporal. I thought, huh, well, I'm going to do all that. <laughs> so my <laughs> motivation and my inspiration, it it comes from them first, and then it comes from the people I'm around. Because then everyone else is doing it too. Mm-hmm. Well, most people.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So obviously, yeah. So you, you said people around you. How important is it to surround yourself with people that are gonna help and elevate you and push you?
1: Like growing up, I was quite lucky coming from a, a cultured strict dad. That I was, I didn't have a lot of freedom compared to my other Arab friends. I had more freedom than my Western friends. But that's also taught me that I'm not gonna do that to my child, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Because if you are around the wrong kind of people, it doesn't matter how strong-minded you think you are Mm -hmm. and how proud you are and how stubborn you are, which is who I think I am. I'm a very stubborn person. You can still be led by the wrong sort of characters, because I was. Mm -hmm. And I went through waves growing up as a child, but I've done a lot of things that I will never let my children do. And it's bought me the experience, but it's experience that I actually didn't need to have. Mm. You can watch it on a TV documentary and know that it's just real and think, OK, I don't need to go through that. You know, not, I've not been through anything bad, but enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Okay, and then it was the
1: characters that I was around. And it's not their fault, you know, you all mislead each other.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. wow. OK. So, 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 oh, hold on a second. Yeah. Back on, um yeah so okay so you, you arrived back in the uk you, you set yourself a target that you're going to smash becoming a trainer a coach <clears throat> did you know was it specifically like led out like you wanted to do crossfit or or, or do the gymnastics side of things did you have that sort of cemented in your in your head
1: if, no at first it was more just like i'm going to just do what i can like i know that i can help people go running I know I can help people lift on a barbell or do anything in the gym. So it was more because again, I was aware of the pandemic, it was more just get there and see what you can do. That's
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: so it was more like that, yeah.
0: Okay, okay. And so let's just talk about your your business setup right now. Like how what is it you do and and how do you manage, like obviously you know, running a business and, and you know, what's that experience been like for you? Because obviously coming from the teaching in Vietnam and, and, you know, coming from the prison sort of officer and, and how's the difference, like, obviously I know you've learned skills and stuff, but how have you taken those skills and, and what, 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 is it, what does it look like now to, to run a business for you?
1: What I've taken the most is when you're running a business, you've got no one above you telling you what to do. You've got to do it. Mm-hmm. In the jail, I was told what to do by my governors and I loved it. I'd do yeah. it. you to do this? Okay, I'll go, and I'll go do it. Same as in Vietnam. Here, I don't have that. So the first, the first couple of weeks, months, whatever, I, I wasn't as disciplined as I should have been. I let a lot slide through. Um, there was times where I'm very good with turning up to work. I'm very good. I'll be there. There was times where I would turn up to work, but I wasn't there because I was so tired or I hadn't concentrated so I hadn't actually there was just a lot of mistakes I've made a lot mm. so I realized actually if you look up there's no one there like, there's no boss above you you are the boss
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so
1: that's what yeah I learned that the most
0: yeah sorry yeah no, but, yeah. yeah no no that's great it's great so sorry.
1: from that though was getting a boss getting so sorry. getting a boss I went out there and Uh, He he is my business coach. He's the the man that actually connected me and you together. Mm. Um, So originally he was doing all my website build before I got the keys for my building. And then as I got the keys and started developing it, working, I realized, oh no, I can't do this on my own. So rather than getting any family member involved or any personal friend involved, which is something that I was so adamant I did not want to do. Mm. Um, he was in front of me and I thought, he is the guy that's been sent. So now, he is my full-time coach. I wouldn't be sitting here even talking to you anyway without him, but I also probably wouldn't be sitting here with as much as I have without him.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah. So how, how important is it to have, to have that, you know, that, that mentor, that coach? So important. You yeah.
1: need that support from however you want it. Some people want it from blood, from partners, from friends. I I didn't want it from any of them. I wanted it from someone that I didn't know.
0: And why Why do you think that that was then?
1: I don't know. I, I don't know. Actually, friend, friends more because when it when it comes to PTD at work, I am very much like D-d-d-d-d-d-d-d. when it comes to being a friend, I am the opposite. You have to tell me what to do. You have to like say, ring me like, where are you? Why are you late? I'm very just chilled. I want someone to carry me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> They, my friends also get a bit confused sometimes when I switch on to work mode and I call it uniform mode. I'm back in uniform, leave me alone. Mm. So it doesn't, I just find like it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're like right. With family, mm.
1: it, sorry, with family, it was more no, like I just want my journey and my life because I love my family. They are the, they are the, they are the people I look up to the most in life. Mm-hmm. But we're not, we are close, we're not actually that close. I don't see them much. They mm. live all their lives in separate cities, and I live my life in this city. We're actually not; in, none of us are in the same city.
0: Oh wow, okay. So where yeah. where are your parents at the moment? And they
1: Birmingham, Loughborough.
0: Wow, okay. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, good stuff. Yeah. Okay, wow. So you're definitely on a journey. Then it's it's gonna it's gonna take you places, and and yeah. obviously you know it's 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 just I guess is it two years you've been running now? You said or
1: no? I've been running seven months
0: oh just seven months sorry oh wow yeah, okay january. eight months
1: sorry. i opened in january
0: okay okay brilliant okay. yeah good stuff. okay good stuff so let's let's dive more into the nutrition side of things and yeah and tell me more about um you know your experience with food because i take it you said you're, you're from like yeah you know, your parents from the middle east is that is that correct yeah, My dad
1: is, My that
0: is yeah so what was that like growing up in a in that sort of environment with like in terms of food nutrition
1: we, again, I loved it, and I, I was looking because my mum used to cook great foods, loads of good meals, like either whether they were Arabic dishes or Western dishes. So mm-hmm. we, were, we were very lucky, but yeah, we had a lot, which taught me more than some of the other children because they didn't even know things like aubergine, opera, mm-hmm.
0: stuff
1: mm-hmm. like that. So to me, that was a bit like, why don't you know that? And then they'd be like, well, what is it? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah sure. yeah, sure, okay, good stuff. And you know, as you sort of got an older did you sort of venture out into trying different things or was you always open to trying different different certain foods and stuff
1: yeah no i was quite i was i'd eat anything up until about 17 18 which is again this is why i believe it's the community that i was putting myself around no maybe 16 17 up until about 15 16 i would eat anything do anything not care about my appearance in that way because i knew i was fit and healthy i was slightly bigger than most girls but underneath that Sure, I was carrying so much strength and muscle. So I was always doing everything with my brothers. I was the best one at climbing trees, dangling, somersaults, and I could do all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I hit that age where all of a sudden, and I hate that I did that, but I looked in the mirror and I thought, oh no, I'm fat. I don't want to be boyish. I don't want to be like this. So then I just went the opposite way to food.
0: Okay. In what sense, what did you do?
1: Stopped eating. I used to think, oh, if I don't eat, all of these things that I've always ate, I'll lose weight. It was just I didn't have any knowledge on how to, to lose weight. Mm-hmm.
0: And where did but, that take? Where sorry go ahead.
1: It came from because they said where, where did it come from?
0: Where did that take? Where did it uh, where did that take you uh, after like you know going through night eating oh
1: thin I lost I was but I went tired. I've always had very strong and thick hair as well. My hair actually started to fall out um I'd already started puberty when my period my period stopped mm-hmm. um I've damaged the back of my teeth from acid coming from my stomach from empty mm-hmm. stomach I don't articulate this the best way Sorry, I'm not actually a dietitian, but sure. uh, not the dietitians. half the dietitians I've spoke to by the way as well they, they don't even know nutrition right. half the doctors I've spoke to didn't know nutrition it was kind of annoying but anywho um, I, I damaged the back of my teeth from when I would then try and eat, I'd then throw up. So then the acid from my stomach would burn my back of my teeth. And even if you clean your teeth after you have being sick, it doesn't matter. That acid from your stomach is a lot, lot stronger, so it like corrodes the back of your mouth. Mm-hmm. So I damaged the back of my teeth. My hair started getting thin. My period stopped. I didn't look skinny anyway. I looked horrendous. Okay. And the worst thing was I'd always been, like I say, so strong and so fit, and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And
0: that was okay. what affected me that was, that was what, sorry?
1: That was what was affecting me the most. Because then all these girls at school started beating me at stuff. And, like, and I just thought, no, why? Why can't I do that? Wow,
0: well, okay. So what, yeah. what, point, what point was you like, okay, this is getting out of hand now and I need to start changing or changing my ways and stuff?
1: I think it was like 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it must have been about 18, 19. So if I look back on pictures, that's when you see I start looking nicer, like better. And I'm, I look, if I look back, on if I feel back on memories, that's when I, I had a better life. But from about 16 to 18, my life had gone from being fine. I can't complain about my upbringing, about my health, about anything. But then from 16 to 18, I just kind of flipped it all. But all me, mm-hmm. not anyone else around me, you know?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't a good feeling. And so, they're the
1: memories bad memories as well. They're not good memories.
0: Right. I, mean, I don't call
1: do film, of them, if that makes
0: sense. No, no, I understand. I uh, yeah. appreciate you sharing that. I mean, like in, in today's society now, like it's probably, you know, with, with social media and everything, do you think there's a higher risk of, you know, higher. other girls potentially doing that or?
1: Yeah. They were saying, again, you can't prove statistics, numbers even, but they were saying about 70% now of the Western world is suffering from mental health mm-hmm. and obesity.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's
1: crazy, I was both mm-hmm. sad. Because I think back yeah. then you're looking at 30. Looking back from what,
0: like, sorry?
1: From uh, what years was it, like 2008 or maybe even 2005? If you look at the guidelines from, again, you can only normally see the American guidelines. If you look at their statistics, it, used to, it says like 30%. If you now look at the UK, it's like 70. Mm-hmm. For the obese rate and the mental health rates and the suicide rates. So all falls into the same category eventually anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. It all it, comes full around, yeah. But
1: us two minor people will never change anything. Mm. We can only change the tiny people around us.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. For anyone, for anyone that maybe is going through that experience that you went through, like what would you say to, you know, that, that sort of the younger sort of generation, teen, teenage?
1: I would say you need to find something that you're good at, turn that into something that you'll use for the future. And then that should motivate you to understand you can't live a bad life. Because if you do, you won't get there. Mm-hmm. But again, I know that's not easy for some people. Like if I, I've said that to people before, like, what are you good at? Use it. And they're like, I don't know. So then they can't. So that mm-hmm. advice is not helpful anyway. Mm-hmm. So know, it's hard. It, again, it's surrounding yourself with like-minded people.
0: Mm-hmm. but then
1: again that can sometimes I don't I, it's hard
0: yeah yeah I mean uh, the experience that you went through in terms of like not eating and and and, and that sort of that period of your yeah. life what would be the best solution for that or the best way to sort of stop doing that and and what 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 do you think you wish you had at the time to help you you know learn more like what was correct and what wasn't sort of thing
1: yeah, I think obviously reach out to the specialists that are there for us.
0: Mm.
1: But I also think tell people, tell mm. your closest people, whether that is blood or friends, exactly what's, what you're feeling like and what you're doing. And then it, yeah, then sometimes your people can help you more than specialists. But I think you need, you need a mixture because these yeah. specialists that, that can put you on the right track to learning mm. and educating. But they can't always be, the they're not, they're not always the right answer. They're not always the only answer.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I'll
1: always try that. And I think sometimes, yeah,
0: no, yeah. <laughs> no, sure, appreciate that. Um, so do you think that experience of what you had when you was young, did that sort of give you more like, um, you know, stepping you into that, into that area of nutrition? Was it like a gap in the market that you found? Like, talk to me about that experience, how you went then on to lead to you know, your, your nutrition.
1: then what, what I noticed was I was being fed these different things. Like I said previously, my mum was the opposite in the sense of uh, she was a very big woman and her, her health was bad from that, like diabetes, blood clots. So she had protein C, she had protein C deficiency. Um, she was prone to deep vein thrombosis, which is the blood clots. So she's on warfarin for the rest of her life. But get, so going from listening to people feeding her things and listening to people feeding myself things and then watching the community around me, I remember just thinking one day, not that I know it all, because of course no, we don't know anything, mm. but I know I, feel, I do really feel like I know enough. And I remember thinking, you guys, you, you just learn one way and then you state it that way. That's not enough. So that's why I, realized, I thought to myself, right, before I even become a mum anyway, I am going to learn everything that I can So I'm the strongest, and then my children will be the strongest. Mm. So dietitianry, like I said, I've done the weight management course. I've done nutrition. I've studied different (coughs) foods from different countries as well. Like the way that, like you say, the Western world eats, the way the Middle East will eat, the way the Southeast Asia eats. And I was in America for six months as well. I did a thing called Camp America when I was, the way the Americans eat, no wonder (laughs) they are 70% obese. Is mad? How is it I like,
0: like How is it like out there the western in the in the American diet?
1: Mad, when I got when my dad was at the, my dad was at the airport to pick me up when I came back after my six month trip in America, the first thing he said was, "Oh my god, why are you so fat?" <laughs> Cuz I was so fat. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, no. so Cuz oh, you just bake no, so got- cakes, cream waffles <clears throat> which is nice. don't wake up and eat all of these things every day fried food syrups fast food on every corner coffee loads every lemonade flavor you could think of under the sun so children want to wake up and eat fruit and water they wake up and eat drink coffee and pink lemonade yeah, yeah that's crazy
0: man mm-hmm. wow okay so um let's talk more about carbohydrates then yeah so- yeah. Everybody's favorite. Every, well, most people's favorite when it comes to, you know, foods and and and, and getting them in. What what's yeah. your been experience with carbohydrates then? What's been your um, you know, your your, your background with that then?
1: Um, a different mixture of it, different types. So your rice you might like again fed all of it. We would have rice and potatoes together, which was unusual to some people. Or we'd have rice noodles and then some bread. So yeah, we, I always had a plate full of carbs.
0: Would you? So so in terms of like misconceptions and what are the things that you've heard or or you hear from maybe clients mm. that are that tend to have around carbohydrates? Do you get much people like you know? It you?
1: slows you down. It makes you fat, um, and they're scared. Which it can slow you down. It can make you fat, but mm. it's so can you just got to balance it and you've got to understand the right forms of the carbohydrates because a lot of do, do carry more sugar than others, which will then obviously slow you down and make you fat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: yeah. mm-hmm. So what, what's been your experience in terms of like giving out advice when it comes to, you know, balancing carbohydrates with uh, activity? Do you tend to like, say, you know, move more or, or reduce less of your carbs? Like, how would you go about advising?
1: My advice to all of my women is if you're not exercising, you can't eat that much of anything. Mm. It's just whether that's carbohydrates, proteins, cakes, fats, whatever you want to eat, If you're not exercising, you can't eat that much anyway. If you're going to exercise, you need to fuel yourself with the food. Mm. So I'm pretty straightforward and blunt like that. If you go to exercise, you can have slightly more, still not too much. If you're not going to exercise, you can't, you can't eat too much.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But
1: either way, your body needs fueling with food.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely right, absolutely. And do you tend to sort of recommend like carbohydrates? Is there like an optimal time you'd say uh, recommend for people to no. get them in?
1: Because again, I'm not. A, that's because I'm not a believer of that. I'm mm-hmm. a believer that you can eat at eight o'clock at night. You need to have that meal. Mm-hmm. But then you've just got to factor in the next morning. So how I like it is I teach my clients about the intimate fasting and I do teach them that the body cannot digest too much anyway, which again, I understand it's not common sense for most people, although I think it should be. So if you're gonna eat at, for example, 11 o'clock at night, and then you're gonna train at six in the morning, you don't need to eat again before you train, Mm -hmm. but then you have some different, some trainers will tell them differently. Some trainers will say, no, they've been sleeping for eight hours, they're now empty, eat another meal. I also say to my clients, just assess how you feel, but you need to understand these are the meals that you should be needing to get in, get them in. Mm -hmm.
0: So when you say um, assess how they feel, what should they be looking out for?
1: I say fatigue in any area, whether you're tired, whether you're just feeling overall lazy, whether you're not feeling tired where you want to sleep, you just don't really want to move, any sort of injuries and spasms that can start happening. So I know me personally, when I start getting tired, and if it is probably through lack of food, just by doing too much sometimes, my, my joints do start to ache a little bit. My, you know, my elbows and my knees. The minute I'm fine, my whole body is fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: you just got to look out for my, everything.
0: Yeah. Do you think people nowadays are so busy with their life and, and family and children and work? It's do no,
1: like, yeah. no, I really don't. I just think people are. are late. I admit that this is where Dina comes now. This is my character, Peter mm-hmm. and Andy. I think people live on excuses all mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. because we are now, we've now hit a stage in this world where the majority, and I'll refer to the Western world. So that's what I mean. That's what I see. Mm-hmm. The majority of the Western world is online. So per, per, people get up, they have however long to log on on Zoom or on whatever platform they're using and work. They have no excuse whilst, why they can't prep food or why they can't l- listen to a podcast and learn about carbohydrates, learn about this, learn about intimate fasting, learn about why you need to sleep and why you need to get 10,000 step, 10, steps, why you need to drink water. They should be learning, especially if they're mothers or fathers. Mm-hmm. But again, that's my opinion. And I, I get a lot of people say, you know, you make very sh- strong statements when you're not a mother. I'm like, so I, I can be a mom and I will be a mom. Just because I'm not, I'm 13. I'm not. I'm not going to one 22 years old. I'm waiting to learn, so I'm very strict. Like no, you make excuses. Just get up and learn.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one, yeah. I guess the mothers or they could argue saying like once the once the children do come along, how do you manage that?
1: Because <laughs> it isn't easy
0: to be honest. I know. I know. I understand where you're coming from. Because when I when I was a lot, when I was younger, and I had clients who were parents and and whatnot i i did dish out the same sort of advice i did i did do that and then it was an all it was actually only until i actually had kids myself i realized man this is this is actually tough <laughs> it ain't oh, easy it is it isn't easy but it's up to the parent you know you're right you're right in the sense of you know they have decided to have children it is their responsibility to even go out that having the children should actually make them want to Go out their way more to learn, to make sure that they are the best themselves. So then they can then carry that on for the children. So, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I understand where you're. I coming think
1: organization is a big part. Organization, discipline. If you, yeah. it, it, I've, I've got 60, 60 plus kids. Ch- um, thank the Lord now. I love that. I, t- I took twenty five of them to Ninja Warrior. I messed up, and my coaches didn't come with me. I got there and there was me and about 25 children. I thought, no, trampoline park, sorry. I thought, oh, what have I done? Yeah, yeah. I know it was only an hour and a half, not the rest of my life, but you know, with just control and discipline, mm. I didn't have one single issue. And that's just, and that's the same thing for seven months. I've been open in this building for seven months, running my children. I've not had one single issue. I've got nephews, I've got my best friends have all got children. I, ju- I just feel like every single family I've seen, I've looked at and I, I'm not comparing or anything, I'm really not, I might, I might be, but I don't need to be comparing in a negative way. But every single thing I've ever seen, family, life, anything, I just think, yes, you can with discipline and organization and all mm-hmm. of these things are fixed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. just what I do. But maybe when I'm in it, I might tell you in three, four years, yo, I take all that back, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> No, you've got, no, you've got that. To, you're totally right. Those are fundamentals, discipline and, yeah. and organise, organisation. So how can, how can people... Um... My
1: mom did it with five kids. We were yeah. never late any of our sports, We were never late to school. We were never in dirty uniform. We were never not fed. Our, our cupboards were never not full. Our house was never not clean. She mm. worked, she was a wife and she had five kids. Wow. And she had, she still does have very bad mental health issues due to food and her, her body. Not due to anything else. It was all because of food in her body.
0: Right, right. So, she, so would you say like... It. Say, say it again, sorry?
1: She killed it with all of her children.
0: Everything, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just goes to show how important getting the right foods on board is. And So what would you say about like, you know, labelling food as bad, especially carbohydrates, are there such things as bad carbohydrates and good carbohydrates, in your opinion?
1: Now, I do think there are. I do think there are bad carbohydrates. just got to be aware. I don't think you should, don't need to avoid them or life's not fun. Mm-hmm. But you should be aware of what is bad and what is, no, let's not say bad, yeah, what is not as good and what is better.
0: Okay. But yeah, bad, good. So, so what would you sort of label those those sort of foods? What, what um, foods could you give some examples of some?
1: Yeah, so like your instant noodles, that's carbohydrate. It's a packet instant noodle, which in Vietnam, they'll open like a packet of crisps They'll scrunch it, pour the season on it, eat like crisps. They don't touch water. Then my friends will pour them into a bowl, pour water and put them in the microwave or put them on hot. I pour hot water and put the lid on, let, let them soak and then eat so they're not actually being cooked. Everyone eats them different. However, they're a bad form of carbohydrates because they're processed, they're stabilized to be refi- what's the word? refined so they're still crunchy. Mm-hmm. So if you want noodles, go for rice noodles or mm. udon noodles mm. there's a comparison of good and bad in my opinion but then again you have someone next to me that will say the opposite mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh brilliant and, and in terms of and like right? as
1: well, for example, chips i know we've cooked that for them to become bad Rather than you can't open a packet of chips, well you can I guess. But let's say French fries, for example, we fry the French fries, or oven the French fries, microwave the French fries. You can do anything to them now. However, <laughs> that's a bad form. Whereas yeah. if you just get a normal bacon potato, that's better. That's good. Mm. That's better. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because it comes with additional calories from the oils, etc., and yeah, <laughs> and all these
1: preserved. It's made so it can be preserved, which is not good. Should nothing can be preserved, it should be survived that long in a bag.
0: Yeah. yeah that's one that's one thing i learned the longer the the longer the foods are on, on the on the shelf you should be concerned
1: <laughs> that your tin okay. food i sell all tinned food now but again i try my hardest not to corrupt my clients to make it harder for them because i do understand that i'm dealing with women that do have all of these situations that i don't have situations you know bubbles husbands children blah 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 i don't have these things so I can mm-hmm. avoid the microwave, avoid tin food. And it's not that hard for me. But I'm telling you now, and I know this for a fact, my children will not will eat the same way. So mm-hmm. I'll plan. I'll, I'll feel sorry for them, but I'll plan it before. Yeah, so I yeah. don't, you know, I do try and say to the clients, look, if you want chickpeas and you don't have time to go and get the chickpeas, soak them, bang them in the oven, just go, go get the tinned. But just be mindful of you're eating a tin rather than eating fresh.
0: Mm-hmm-hmm. So do you think it's down to like just undoing habits, habits,
1: habits, and down to knowledge,
0: knowledge? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good stuff. Is there anything else you want to sort of share upon uh, carbohydrates that you've learned or sort of come across with clients?
1: No, just don't. My biggest share to everyone is please just don't be scared of food. Yeah, because especially as a parent, yeah. what what another one, a lot of women need to also realise is when you're saying and doing those all these different things, your child's watching. Mm. You really i I've got children that sit in my building and say, "I don't like food," and I'm thinking that's because your mum says that. I know it. <laughs> it it yeah. upsets. Me. I don't say anything. I'm I'm trying to be professional. I don't want to lose mm-hmm. my child. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, but just think. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. So do you hold like? Um... I guess, seminars in your place for round food and stuff? or
1: I've been actually really guilty of this. And I've only done one in seven months. So I am really, I, I I feel bad for my women now. But that's something that the minute I get off this call, I'll organise this week. Brilliant. But yeah, i one and I'd give it to the women and my parents. Obviously, they're two separate groups. Mm-hmm. So I let all the parents, I, I do encourage the parents to do it. I, I do say, please, this is going to benefit your child. Please listen.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. It's getting them on board, isn't it? yeah okay brilliant wow thank you for your time dean i've uh, really enjoyed this episode and uh, chatting to you where can we find you
1: you find me on everything <laughs> um well let me just say about social media just one point please sure. up until three years ago i never touched social media didn't want it never needed it wow. i only hit instagram and i'm now joined the tiktok which i hate but my business coach has told me i've got to for the followers for this but the people that know who you are then. So I do it for my business and I do it for my clients. Anyone that needs to hit social media, you need to be understanding of the fact that it's fake. Some of it, some of it's brilliant, some of it's fake. Don't get trapped and don't drown. And I also think social media should be banned by one under the age of 25. But yeah. <laughs> find me on every social media platform, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, oh, LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, and then the main thing though is my website. And then in the next two, three months, I'll launch my app.
0: Brilliant. brilliant. What's your, say that again, sorry?
1: Just women and children,
0: though. Okay, yeah, yeah. You just wear women and children. So, sorry, what's your user for Instagram, if you don't mind plugging that in? Oh, sorry,
1: PT Dina, which is my private, which I actually keep that as real as I can. Some, you know, I share a lot on there, which sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm going to be in trouble by my dad right now or my parents. Mm. But I do share as much as I can. Um, and then my, my business page is Survival Den. And that is all love. I share all my child's progression and my adult's progressions. And I love it. It's a really mm-hmm. good Instagram page, actually, because you see how far we've all come.
0: No, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah always watch and check it out. But, yeah, appreciate okay. your time, Dina. Thanks for coming on this. No, it really
1: Thank so, you so much.
0: No problem. I'll speak to you soon, yeah? You take care.
1: Your life as well.
0: Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.